Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and wrestles the guy with magic exploding goo for every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And this episode, we are covering Agent Carter, Season 2, Episode 2, A View in the Dark. Original air date, air date, air date, January 19th, 2016. And a quick reminder of what happens in this episode. Uh... Pinky discovers her murder investigation has huge ramifications that can destroy her career, as well as everyone near and dear to her. Is that accurate? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it is the thing that was on the IMDb. Uh-huh. I don't think that's accurate to what we are covering in this episode, because I don't know what it has to do with her career. <laughs> or anything in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a murder investigation. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think it has any ramifications at all, even huge, uh, to her career. I guess it could have a ramification against Wilkes. Yeah. And that's it. Well, spoilers for the end of this episode. It has huge ramifications for real Wilkes because he's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was referencing when he... Um, was debating telling her info uh, or yeah. not. Yeah. Huh. Well, let's break this down and see if we can figure out this IMDb. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds good. Um, let's start with one random section here in the episode. Probably like 20 minutes into it. Uh, Mr. Chadwick meets with a mysterious group of people, and he is super nervous. The council has decided to end the mysterious project his company, Isodyne, has been working on. He is not happy about it. Or mad. He seems mostly scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he he gets to this restaurant and he's like super surprised that other people are already in the, the meeting room. Like he was not expecting that at all. Mm -hmm. And they tell him that they've all already voted to shut down his isodide program. And then they put out their candles for some reason. I don't know what it signifies, but they all do it. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. Right. So, so they've got two, um, like the two leaders of the group who are talking to Chadwick, right? Uh -huh. Like they got that two shot. Um, one of them is, uh, Bernadette's dad from Big Bang Theory. That's all I kept thinking about. But the <laughs> the other one is a guy, uh, Ray Wise, who's mostly known for Twin Peaks. And um, I kept thinking, and I had to actually go check. I thought he was a guy who sent Ward to Mavis in Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, oh crap, that guy's immortal and they just never talk about it? But no, <laughs> it's not the same guy. It's just another old, overly tanned white guy. <laughs> uh. Well, okay, well now I have to look that up. Because there's another guy talking who I recognize. I don't know the actor's name. Give me ten seconds. Well, during that time, I will just take up the audio. So, edit this out, because I don't know what to say. Al, you're slightly better at this than I am. Hopefully, I'm I, distracting you from typing. <laughs> no, I already found it. I was just oh. didn't want to cut you off early. Oh, um, so, the actor you were talking about, <laughs> uh, Ray Wise. Yeah, so he's he's been in a ton of things, because um, I, rec I didn't recognize him from... Uh, Twin Peaks, mostly because mm -hmm. I never saw it. Yeah. But I forgot, like, how many things he's actually in. Um, 
but he played the devil in and now I'm trying to look up the show as I scroll God the Devil and Bob You Not ever watch that show? I did. I mean, I saw a few episodes. That was like a cartoon when we were kids, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there are only a few episodes aired. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, anyway, he, he, he's he been in a lot of things. Like, I'm scrolling through IMDb. Anyway, oh, yeah. I like him. He, he just shows up in things. And he's always yeah. just this cool guy. That's it. I just have a, a huge appreciation for Ray Weiss. Yeah. He's also the voice of Commissioner Gordon in my least favorite Batman adaptation ever. The Killing Joke. Yep, I hated it. I really oh, did. Okay. <laughs> I saw it when they they put it in theaters with my friend, and nope, did did not like it at all. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's so. Fair. Yeah. So it's. I think. I bet that Hydra, since we know this is Hydra because of the pins, I bet Hydra went to this the kind of octopus thing symbol and then when the nazis started to use it they went back to their old symbol <laughs> like whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> we're not that bad yeah, we, we're we bad. need to we need to do something else <laughs> yeah or i mean they were probably fine with it but it's like a big red flag if these people who are like powerful americans are wearing nazi stuff that's true you don't do that in public nope <laughs> i mean not back then <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. If especially right now, if they're um, I don't know, want to say like in a hibernation type of thing, right? They're they're doing more cloak and dagger, shadowy type of stuff instead that, that's of that's a different show. Ah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they're you know they're not you know out there like during World War Two when they were you know yeah. a big old thing. So mm-hmm. well, it's like um, uh, in America pre World. War Two. There were a lot of people who were like pro Nazism in America, and then when uh-huh. the war happened, it kind of um, went out of style. That's good. It ended. I mean, yeah. the, the the part about it, you know, going out of style at least. Yeah. <laughs> Not the other part. True. So, um, the other part of this section of the episode that I wanted to talk about, I completely forgot to put anything about it in the, um, in the, uh, intro thing that I read, that I wrote. So, uh, Whitney Frost is acting in a movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that whole scene. Uh, basically, you know, she's acting directors, this huge ass, um, and she just goes into her dressing room angry. And this is when she talks to Chadwick about, uh, them scrapping the the whole thing at Isodyne, and she's not happy about that at all. She seems to be the one really pushing him, also telling him, "Hey, what the hell? Stand up for yourself, man." Yeah, it also comes out that she's like, she's genius level smart. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, do you know? Uh, have you heard of Hedy Lamar? The name sounds familiar. She was an actress in the 30s and 40s, but she was also, like, a genius. She helped. She was an inventor. Um, she designed, or well, her biggest thing was she designed frequency hopping system, which made it impossible for enemies to jam, like, Navy transmissions, like, when they're shooting off torpedoes and stuff. Oh, cool. She also improved, um, like, motion sensors and traffic lights and um, – 
helped Howard Hughes design more aerodynamic airplanes. But she was this beautiful actress, so no one took her seriously. Even the um, all her patents for the uh, the frequency hopping system, uh, they didn't want to use them because a woman designed them, and they didn't use them until the sixties. Ugh. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm trying to remember. I I think I know her. Did she also create the base for what we use as Wi-Fi now? I think. Yes. Yes, she did. Oh. Okay. She, yeah, she did a lot of stuff with um, radio waves and stuff like that. That was her main, her biggest thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah, here so... we have her, or something, or some character like her as a villain. Ugh, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> oh, how times haven't changed that much, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, at least we see, hey, Whitney Frost seems to be the brains behind this, because, uh, you know, she wants some, some real power. Especially when her day job is being yelled at by that director guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, You ready to move on to the next section? Sure. All right. Hey, so you know how I told you that I forgot to write a little section there for Whitney Frost? Uh, Yes. I forgot forgot to write a a section for this other part. Um, So... Uh, Sousa and Rose speak about uh, uh, Sousa telling Carter about Violet, which actually I guess we kind of skipped over last week. Wow, there's a lot of flower names, I realized. I mean, it's just Rose and Violet, but they're in the same place. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, so at the end of last week's episode, Carter notices that uh, Sousa is dating someone, and then in this episode, um, Carter meets her, and Mm -hmm. they have that conversation, and Violet really wants to invite carter out um so there's that um and then also carter and susa find out that the body was stolen uh jane scott's body the lady who was frozen in the lake last week so that's not good Mm-mm. and they finally get the search warrant to uh go to uh, isodyne however they get stopped because of the quote containment leak very suspicious yeah. It's especially since people are going in and out so like right in front of them. So it doesn't look like there's much of a containment <laughs> leak. <laughs> they did have suits on. Yeah, well, Wilkes goes in, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although, <laughs> well, he is the containment scientist. Like, his, we find out his job is to contain stuff. Like is, wine. Is, is your, is your drug, dog drinking out of the toilet bowl? Uh, no, you know, I was I was hoping you couldn't hear that. Uh, no, she's drinking out of her oh. out of her water bowl. Okay. Um, well, whatever. Well, we'll keep going. Okay, cool. I'm not um, going to dehydrate a dog for our podcast. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to think of what to say next, and all I can hear now is a uh, dog drinking <laughs> water. Dog. Man, she's just going at it. All right. <laughs> um. Oh, I was actually going to say something before I got distracted by your talk. Damn it. <laughs> I guess we're not editing this out. Nope. Uh, okay, so last week I had said, you know, the the uh, receptionist lady, how she was, you know, really adamant about stopping people. Mm-hmm. Like, she was very smug about stopping them this time. Like, even though, you know, they show up, they had a warrant, and she's like, oh, no, you can't go back there. There's a containment leak. Yay, I win. And then she tries to punch Peggy in the face. Nope, nope, she didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I bet, I bet 
that if this containment link were real, it's because she went back there and broke something. So Peggy couldn't go in just to prove them wrong, <laughs> prove herself right. <laughs> For all we know, maybe she did. Yep. She broke the detector. Like there actually isn't a leak. It's just the the thing is detecting that there is a leak. Or she had a big sticker that said containment link, and she just put it up on the wall. There <gasps> is. That could work. It was the 40s. Right? Yeah. What are you going to do? Look up containment leaks online? No. <laughs> exactly. You have to go to your nearest library, check out all of the books, hope they're there, not mm-hmm. checked out by someone else, and then 12 hours later, maybe you'll know. Oh, I remember what I was going to say about the body being stolen. 82% sure it was Howard Stark because he wanted an ice cold drink. <laughs> <laughs> possible yeah yep, yep. he needs to find out if it was one of his bad babies that did it yeah it's true yeah. every <laughs> weird thing that happens howard stark just steals it yeah that makes sense likely <laughs> all right Alrighty. um and then that, that's it that's all i have for this section i don't know if you have anything else to say Nope, I think, I don't know, we mentioned that Wilkes stole some um, some film reels, and that's it. Yep, that's true. Yeah, we didn't mention it. I was going to bring it up a little bit later when he actually uses them. But yeah, he um, you know, he does, oh, he also gives Carter the, the little note saying, hey, come alone later, we'll, we'll meet up at this place. Um, and that is linked to the thing he steals. Ah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the next section, a section that I have an intro to read about for once. Ooh, uh-huh. fancy. Carter has an interesting day at Stark Mansion. She learns that Mr. Jarvis is a quote-unquote tough guy now. I don't think he actually said that. I just wanted to quote it. Later in the day, Mrs. Jarvis helps Carter pick out something to wear for her meetup with Dr. Wilkes. And before leaving, Mr. Jarvis shows Carter how to use Stark's fun adult times car. Oh, God. So, um, first of all, Jarvis calls him his deadly arts. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm like, uh, you don't really have to be strong. Just ask Howard to make you something. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe a suit made out of iron or yeah. something. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's ridiculous. No Stark would ever build something like that. You're right. You're right. That, that, yeah, it's not worth it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, one of the things Jarvis also says is, um, or sorry, uh, Carter questions, you know, how many butlers can say that about him, right? About, you mm-hmm. know, being tough and all that. But the, I guess just two, just him and Alfred. Yeah. Although, name another butler you know by name. Other than Jarvis and Alfred? Yep. I got nothing. Yeah. I was trying <laughs> to remember the butler from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but I don't know his name. So... ah you're right uh i got nothing yeah Yeah. i mean everyone remembers uh will because you know will smith Mm -hmm. remember carlson because he's got the dance yep and uncle winslow just because he's so lovable yes (laughs) Um, that's it yep (laughs) yeah trying to remember any of their other names (laughs) <laughs> not coming to me oh 
Jazz, his friend, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Ah, that's right. Okay, you're right. All right, all right. Now that we got that important stuff out of the way, mm-hmm. um, I guess we should talk about the sexmobile. Yeah, sure. I guess the little elephant in the room there. Yeah, I mean, are we to believe that these features aren't in every Stark car? I mean, really. <laughs> I'm sure he has slightly different cars depending on what he's aiming for, right? Yeah. That's the impress the girl with the really romantic stuff. Mm-hmm. He might have a really fast-looking car for, you know, the the type of uh, uh, girls that he wants to impress that like really fast cars. And maybe the flying car for, you know, the other ladies. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that works. <laughs> I mean, they could have fixed it by now. That's true. It's been a few years. Right. Yeah. Um, and of all the cars, all we see at least six cars. Jarvis takes her to that one. <laughs> it's... I, my, my guess is, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> is it's the only one that would have worked for a spy mission? I feel like it's a stretch. I think yeah. it's much more believable that um, as he's driving away, Jarvis and Mrs. Jarvis are just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They're practical joking her, basically. Yep, that's exactly what's happening. Okay. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think I think we're good. I mean, I don't want to go into the details of the sex car, because that's just gross. And dangerous. Champagne while you're driving, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I am going to go into one of the details of it, because it actually links up with one other thing. Uh, so there's a mirror... In the, in the uh, car itself. Oh, on the on roof. The, the yeah. ceiling, yeah. Yeah. And also, I noticed in the background, in the room Carter was in, she was when she was kind of looking through some clothes because she needed something for that night, there was a picture of Stark in the background. <laughs> I did notice that, too. Like, not like a, like a photo. It was a painting. Mm-hmm. Just why? I mean, that's like a guest room. So he just goes around, he puts a picture of himself in the guest room. That's not even the room to impress, like, ladies, yeah. right? That's that's the room his friends are staying at. I'm, I'm or... wondering if one of the reasons Tony resents his father so much is because every room of the house had a portrait of Howard Stark at different ages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'd get a little sick of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time he's angry at his dad because he's, uh, you know, grounded or something, he has to go to his room. And even his own room has two pictures of his dad. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I may have told this story before. I'm not sure. But uh, my cousin at one point, this is years ago, was dating a photographer. And for Christmas that year, he gave everyone um, framed portraits of him in different positions. Just like, you know, you know thinking and then just like playing baseball and just like all that stuff i feel like that's what howard does for christmas is give people paintings of himself (laughs) the the ones that aren't good enough to stay in his home well yeah obviously (laughs) yeah you can have the scraps oh okay (laughs) or or this was uh last year's painting i update them every year so they look exactly like I do right now. 
Oh, you know, that makes more sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, with that narcissism out of the way, you're good to move on to the next section? Oh, yeah. All right, sounds good. So, Carter meets with Wilkes at a bar. Uh, he's okay with giving away information that would help the SSR, but wants to make sure he can trust Carter first. So, obviously, they drink and dance first, because that's mm -hmm. how you always decide if you're going to give away state secrets. Later, Wilkes shows Carter a video of Zero Matter, which she... Then says that the only logical thing to do next is to steal it from Isodyne. But suddenly, they're attacked. They get away and try to make a phone call, but the phone doesn't work. Which sucks, because they had to deal with a racist a-hole for nothing. Yep. Hmm. So I want to talk about Zero Matter. Okay. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, so it, like, rips a hole in space, and then makes, like, a Christopher Nolan-style black hole. How is this something that the military doesn't use more often? <laughs> yeah, so... I, I mean, I was trying to think about that. Like, so this was created from just testing atom bombs, right? That's what he said? Yeah, and it went poorly, apparently. Okay, so they just so happened to make one, which I guess my assumption then would mean if they keep testing atom bombs, eventually they'll get another one of these? Yeah, maybe, but I don't know how far we want to get into the future. It's going to be a long time until we get to this. But this material occurs naturally, we find out in a future thing. Okay, got it. And we don't need to get too far into that. Um, yeah. So but... I'm not sure if it's a byproduct or maybe it's slumped in from whatever that crack in the sky is. Yeah, okay, so I had the same thought, a crack in the sky. Um, was it actually, a, like, a, like the first time you see it, my first reaction was, oh, it's like an interdimensional rift kind of thing. That's what mm -hmm. it looked like. But then it, it had substance and form, and maybe it's not? Like, maybe it was just a floating substance, and it just happened to look like a crack in the sky. Well, since we can talk about this, there are connections in this show to Doctor Strange and the Dark Dimension. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can't talk about that. So, um, I'm willing to believe that it is literally a crack to another dimension. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. That works for me. Which is probably not Gravitonium. Although it could be Gravitonium under a different name. Because it does, like, bring everything in like gravity. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in the video that Wilk showed. Yeah. Because huh. I have the same note as last week. Does it matter? Gravitonium? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have another question, I guess. Um, uh -huh. So one of the things that Wilk says is, you know, that morning uh, people came in, a bunch of lawyers were saying things like, uh, hey, you can't give away secrets of the company, uh, and then... Uh -huh. They go on to say things like, um, you know, going to prison and all this this stuff, right? Yeah. So, I I mean, I guess I have a couple of questions um, relating to this. Why is it that the immediate assumption is that all of this is bad? What? Like, so, like all what is bad? So, okay, um, the zero matter came from a nuke going off. Mm -hmm. which was done by the military 
Mm -hmm. And now this company, Isodyne, is researching it. Yes. Like, how... So, like, why, why is the perspective is it bad? Why yes. is he assuming it's bad? Because it's connected to a murder? <laughs> Multiple murders, <Okay>. I guess? <laughs> okay, all right. And and the, the body is missing. There are multiple mm -hmm. people. You're right. Okay. So she's assuming that the company itself is bad and wants to well, hide stuff? I mean... Okay. Uh, the There was a murder. Yes. The murder is um, by this woman who is in a relationship with the owner of Isodyne Labs. Uh -huh. She's obviously covering something up. This is something she's covering something he's covering up. There's a good chance it's connected. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right, I, I can work with that. It just it, it felt a little weird because it, it it felt kind of like they were trying to say that Isodyne just flat out having this thing, the zero matter, is bad, mm -hmm. which is probably also true from what we can tell. But well, I mean, maybe they have a deal with the military to work on this, and like it's no. Yeah, it, and they're... it makes sense. Back then, I mean, you trust the government. If this took place in the seventies, where everyone's skeptical and the government's like known to be evil. I'd be a lot. I would understand a lot more why she's so suspicious, but I think mostly because of the murder investigation that she doesn't trust Chadwick. Okay, all right, that makes sense. That that works for me. I'll take it. But okay. All right. Yeah. Um. I do like one of the things I I enjoy is like watching sci-fi things happen in, like, old-fashioned films like this or in, like, in Ant-Man when they had that super zoom-in on grainy footage that wouldn't work. <laughs> well, they just kept enhancing. Yep. Enhance. Or um, in the newer Godzilla movies, which are connected to the 1954 Godzilla, like, they'll have Godzilla in the background of a, uh, like, 1950s film. I always find the get a kick out of those things. <laughs> those are nice to see yeah. just the uh you know the black and white footage grainy and it's mm -hmm. digitally edited which is it, it feels a little weird yeah <laughs> no so they go off they decide they're they're gonna steal the zero matter mm -hmm. and then they can't leave because they're being attacked and their tires were slashed Mm -hmm. So Carter sends an SOS with the GPS, with the little sock on the door, and then they steal a different car and leave. Yeah. I do like during the shootout, Wilkes says, uh, Wilkes says I was in the Navy, remember, before he started shooting? Because a lot of shows would go, no explanation at all why this guy is actually a really decent shot. Like this nerdy scientist guy. So That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good point. I mean, my first reaction was, I don't know, Navy, that doesn't necessarily mean marksman. But, uh, but okay, you know, at least he, he says, yes, he was trained, he knows how to use a gun. Okay, cool, mm -hmm. that works for me. Yeah. yeah. I figure most people in 1947, most men at least, knew how to use a gun because so many people fought in the war. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And, that you know, the guy was an asshole, the racist guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he can make a good pastry. Or what Apparently. Peggy Carter, wasting that pastry. <laughs> Ugh, that was five cents. Yeah, 
you know what? Yes, that guy was racist. But that was Jason's choice to eat the pastry. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> don't don't take away his um Oh god. I forget the word. His choice. That's not the word <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> you know, maybe she didn't like that that pastry cuz she took a bite of it too, right? And then she threw it but on the ground. He was enjoying it. That's true. You're That's right. It's just yeah. rude. <laughs> I uh. don't like watermelon. I don't walk around knocking watermelon out of people's hands just to be an asshole. <laughs> that's that's true. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I love watermelon. If you were ever to knock a watermelon out of my hands, we would disagree more on this show. Um, I definitely remember you coming out with my family uh, to Hometown Buffet and you getting sick from eating too much watermelon. That sounds like something I would do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I think it was when your mom was having your youngest sister. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So I sense. probably should have I probably should have knocked the watermelon out of your hand <laughs> as a friend. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and then we would be arguing a lot more throughout this entire series. Okay. You're right. Everything would have been better. <laughs> Ugh. If only. Yeah. All right, two things, Tony, when you get a time machine. Go get some dinosaurs, yep. and then knock some watermelon out of my hand. With a dinosaur. You'll definitely remember it then. That's true. <laughs> I'll be but there. you have to make sure I blame you and not the dinosaur. Pterodactyl attack! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Alright. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um... Oh, uh, so I guess the only other thing to mention here is that, that I have, at least as far as my notes go, um, in the car that Carter steals from the uh, people who are trying to kill her, she finds the same lapel pin that Dottie was after in last week's episode. Oh, uh, yes. It's all coming together. Yeah. Also, we don't see Dottie in this episode, so we still have no idea what happens to her. Also, it doesn't come together that well because Hydra still takes over um, S.H.I.E.L.D., so we know it doesn't. she doesn't figure it out. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else for this section? Nope, I'm good. Okay, cool. Well, then in that case, uh, let's take a quick break and plug some stuff, some things that we think okay. you, our dear listeners, should throw your money at because they have thrown money at us. All right, Tony, be honest. You're completely honest. What are your thoughts on cars? Ambivalent. All right. Well, I noticed a big thing there in what you said, not enough spy features, which is true. We all grew up expecting cars to have a ton of gizmos and gadgets, but we got our cars that do not fly and do not talk. Worse yet, they're all so cookie cutter. But today, I am proud. No, ecstatic. Wait, no, proud. I am proud <laughs> to talk about Tim Lee's custom cars. These are the type of cars that get packed with features that'll make you excited to drive again. Whether you want something for a fun time out, something to help you get away from the Kaiser, or maybe just a simple little thing that you can take across a lake. Tim Lee's Custom Cars is exactly what you're looking for. Call today and use the code MCU Rewind for a free vanity license plate when you purchase the Junior Executive Package. Note, Tim Lee's Custom Cars does not manufacture any vehicle. You are only buying the plans. Building it is up to you and any deities you choose to worship. <laughs> for the record mm -hmm. uh, my car does talk to me 
I press a button and it will want me to pair my phone with my car and I don't know how to stop it. So I literally have to turn off my car and turn it back on again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it to shut up if I press the wrong button on my steering wheel. <laughs> oh, and that's, that's why how... I don't trust electronics in cars. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my Bluetooth is already paired to my car. I don't know why it asked me to pair a new device when I click this one button. <laughs> I don't know how to cancel it at all. I press everything. <laughs> this this is why I plug my phone into the car and don't yeah. use the Bluetooth. Because that's going to happen all the time. Yep. Ugh. Anyway. So, Timmy, right. your advertising's false. But still give us money. <laughs> yes. I mean, they, they've already paid us. Okay. Go, or give us or they haven't. Money, I, don't, I don't know how advertising actually works for shows. I should find that out, I'm sure. Yeah, not one of the advertisers have given us money yet. No, <laughs> I should it's really send out. It's in the mail. Mm-hmm. Yep. You think I should give them my address? No, I think they can figure it out. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and move on <laughs> to the next section. Sousa gets a call from Mister Jarvis that Carter has sent an SOS. He is pissed. Sousa is not Jarvis. Jarvis is more of a wor- worried state. Also, at this time, Carter and Wilkes attempt to steal the Zero Matter from Isodyne. Carter kicks a mask, like always, and Wilkes loses a fight with Whitney Frost, causing the Zero Matter to explode. Yeah. Um. You, uh, Susan's more pissed at Wilkes, just instantly assuming that he did something. It's not like... Uh, he has no right to be mad at Carter, who already told him that he was going. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I'm I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because we kind of skipped over this earlier in the episode. Sousa wanted to join Carter on this mission, mm-hmm. and I know, like, I mean, she said, "Oh, I can handle myself," which is true. She definitely can, and Sousa knows that for a fact. But at the same time, everyone needs a partner. I mean, yeah. even Sky has a partner. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, at least send Jarvis, the most inconspicuous guy. Exactly. That would have worked out fine. (laughs) Plus, he's good with the deadly arts now, so. Exactly. Sure, he could have blended in easily. No problem. Like that assassin that was at the bar. No one recognized, no one saw him until he left. (laughs) And the camera zoomed in on his face. Dun-dun-dun. Um... Yeah, well, he Carter didn't want him to go because he didn't want to cancel the date because he was going to propose that night. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and apparently, I was it this episode or last episode where Carter uh, says, like, Sousa's the only agent, well, the only agent that matters because he's the one who matters to her and literally no other agents have names except for Dr. Samberly who hates everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's true. Yeah, uh, that was last week's episode. Um, okay, so I, you know, I had something written in my notes that I like didn't really bring up because we didn't have a good spot for it. Um, when they first see each other, like again mm-hmm. after you know however many months that Suits has been in LA, yeah, they they have that whole awkward thing because I'm trying to remember last season. Did they? very obviously have feelings for each other it kind of feels like maybe they did go on a date and then they pretty obvious i think they went on a date like one of the last scenes or something is them going out for a drink or something like that 
Oh, okay. All right, yeah. that sounds right. And then it probably maybe then he he soon what left to L.A. and then things ended. Yeah, I mean he got I assume he got a promotion. He went to L.A. Instantly met this girl, and six months later, he's proposing. So, okay. Yeah. Is six months a normal time to propose? I don't know. Okay. I have a skewed um, view on this. I proposed after two years. Okay. Um, my parents got together and were together for four months before they got married. My good friends, uh, Ty and Liz, were together eight years before they got married. I have no idea what's appropriate. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> How long were you and your now wife together before you guys decided to get married? Um, well, before I decided to propose, six months. Before she decided I should propose, like a year? Okay. <laughs> Did you get rejected? <laughs> Oh, no, no. I mean, she, no, she decided that she wanted me to propose, like, after we were dating for a year. So, like, for the last two years that we were living together before I proposed, um, on our refrigerator, she had a, um, a drawing of her fingers and her ring sizes on each I remember finger. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do remember seeing that when I came over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, many people saw that <laughs> and asked about it. And I laughed it off, of course. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> ah. Anyway, back to this. Um, <laughs> um, so I guess we could talk about these two things a little bit separately. So Susa and Jarvis um, are going, trying to find Carter. Um, and they really don't get far because Carter and Wilkes do their thing. And I guess their thing ends right as Jarvis and Sousa get there. I'm not too sure on the timing. That's what they made it sound like. Yeah. But anyway, um, Carter goes off and fights. And the only real storyline type of thing here is when Wilkes does get the Zero Matter out. But Whitney Frost just happens to show up and gets the uh, Zero Matter. I, I love um, Wilkes' reaction. It's like, Whitney Frost, I'm a big fan. What are you doing here? <laughs> it makes sense. It's like it's like if we were literally doing anything mm-hmm. and um, Scarlett Johansson shows up. Like, hey, we're big fans. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would have, yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> Excited, then confused in that order. <laughs> yes. um i don't know if you have anything else to say about this part about this fight because not about nothing not about carter's fight but um the wrestling for the zero matter seems like a really stupid move on um on frost's part i don't know she's not the one who dies in this episode well it's true but you don't know what would happen you've seen these yes and also, there is something wrong with her at the end. Yes, there is that. Yeah, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. But uh, okay. yeah, no, that's a good point. It does not end well for her, at least. Um, at least at, by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, she was there to, to save the stuff because earlier in the episode, Chadwick uh, told her that, yeah, they're, they're going to destroy all of it. And 
she didn't want to. She wants that power. She's yeah. smart enough to know it's going to be super useful. How do you go about destroying zero matter? Add one to it. Oh, true. And then it becomes helium. Exactly. Yeah, no. All right. I, I don't know. I got nothing. Maybe maybe they weren't going to destroy it. Maybe they were going to destroy all the research, but take the zero matter and put it somewhere else, like a bunker or something. Maybe. Yeah. In a little island off the coast of Spain where scientists can make gravitonium out of it later. Yeah. Or they were going to go to some castle and use some uh, sound stuff to open a portal to another planet. True. Although you've got to like freeze the zero matter into a semi-permanent state of like maybe a stone or a monolith or something. Mm, yeah, that's true. Seems really difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All that's right. I'm done with this section. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, let's move on. <clears throat> in the anthro- in the aftermath of the Isodyne incident, everyone deals with things in different ways. Let's talk about them one at a time. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, like everyone gets their own little ending to the the episode. All right. So uh, the first one, um, the direct aftermath of what happens at Isodyne. Uh, Susa and Jarvis arrive. Carter starts giving her statement. Um, she's obviously not in a great state because Wilkes is gone and she's been up all night. Um, also, she says that she arrived at 4 a.m. Yeah. So, if the plan was to destroy all of the stuff at Isodyne that night, they waited until after 4 a.m. to arrive and start destroying it? True. I'm, like, thinking... Like, if they're, like, guards and shift changes, like, maybe 4 a.m., there's, like, a shift change right there. Oh, okay. All right. That, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I have for that. And then Carter also kind of goes to Stark Mansion. Um, she speaks with Mrs. Jarvis, who brings her whiskey, and mm-hmm. she's sad about looks. Yep. Because he's dead. Never mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. Uh, Susa goes home. Violet is outside waiting for him. She brought him a bear claw which she has already eaten half of, and then she leaves with it. <laughs> I didn't realize she left with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's so something, now she has a, Something a about 1947 Los Angeles, women hate men having pastries. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is, but there's definitely a pattern happening. <laughs> hmm. Maybe maybe we'll learn more in the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, this is a true mystery. This could be the reoccurring theme, like the, the door in Jessica Jones. Yep, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's it that I have for that. I don't know if you had anything else for that. Nope. All right, and then the final thing, Whitney Frost is freaking out about the crack in her head. Yeah, this is. I think this is how, in the 2005 Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom started getting his powers right he had a crack in his face <laughs> he did yeah and it was like a small little nick right yeah and then he put on the mask and turned evil pikachu with electric powers <laughs> yeah Cause... Well, that's pretty much he wasn't evil until he put the mask on no he was, he was not he a was... jerk and oh, his yeah. name was victor von doom but 
You can't hold that against him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't have a lot helping him be better, you know, when that's your name. Yeah, yeah true. It's like, it's like if your last name is Chef, you're obviously going to grow up to be a pretty decent cook. At yeah, a especially if your first name is Swedish. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, that's all I have for the episode. Tony, I don't know if you had anything else that you wanted to bring up. I do want to try to figure out... If this murder investigation had huge ramifications that could have destroyed her career. You know, the IMDb summary. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking around. <laughs> now I'm scrolling through my notes. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, I mean, I guess if she got sucked into the Zero Matter like Wilkes did, she'd be dead. So her career would be over. But what about the careers of those close to her? No, it says, I'm reading the IMDb summary. Yep. has huge ramifications that could destroy her career. So we're just oh, okay. carrying out Peggy. Okay, all right. What about the second half of that? Is that something about friends? Oh, as well as everyone near and dear to her. Well, oh. to destroy her career, and Sousa and Jarvis were like near the building when it all... Ex- the, it wasn't an explosion. The event happened, so it could have destroyed them. So it destroys her career and... Physical friends. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. All right. That that uh, yeah, I guess that could have been it. If uh, okay, th- that would make sense. If her physical friends, including Susa, were just were killed at that moment in time, then mm-hmm. she probably would have been fired for getting the boss killed. That or promoted because she's the only other character with a name who works at the SSR in LA. Uh, I don't know. There's the the scientist, and the scientist yeah, no is one, a man. No one likes him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's true. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, case solved. Yes. All right, Tony. Before we actually close this out, how many sky cracks would you give this episode? Um, I would give this uh, three and a half sky cracks. Um, okay. right, so wait, been... wait. Let me rephrase that. Three sky cracks and one forehead crack? Yes. Three okay. sky cracks and a forehead crack. Um, it would have been four if they weren't abusing pastries so often. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to go... I'm going to one-up you also. I'm going to go 3.75. I'll kill so, you! <laughs> so, three sky cracks and then one and a half forehead cracks. I think is where I'm leading with that. Okay. All right. Uh, and that's mainly also just because, you know, I really liked the episode also. It it wasn't a four, but it was it was really close to it. And then, uh, yeah, and that's it. Just wanted to push it a little over there. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's wrap this up. Sounds good. Join us next time as we cover Agent Carter Season 2, Episode 3, Better Angels. And remember to follow us on twitter at mcu underscore rewind and please give us a five-star rating on apple podcasts or stitcher or spotify or whatever podcast catcher you use as always this is a marvel cinematic uh, rewind for agent carter season two episode two a view from the dark signing off have a marvelous day is getting the best of me thinking of Without me in tow
And I have no peace Do you give me 